You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So we continue the Cut Loose series. We're on part three. If you came the past two weeks, um, JD delivered some amazing messages um, on cutting loose from things. And so if you go back into our podcast, I don't want to butcher what he said. So go back into the podcast and do part one and part two, and I promise you will be blessed. I want to give you a little bit of a warning. These messages are a little more confrontational than they normally are. So we are trying to, this, this, this whole series is about purification. The series is about letting go of things so that God can make new in you, so that he can transform you into his likeness. And what that means is that sometimes we have to let go of the old so we can receive the new. Right? And so today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I, last week when JD told everybody what I was going to talk about, I felt the visceral discomfort in the room. Like people were like, ugh, pride, yuck. Who wants to talk about pride? Anybody want to talk about pride? I want to talk about pride. We're going to talk about pride this morning. But let me put you all at ease. Here's the thing. We all deal with it. Every single one of us in this room deals with pride. You know how I know that? Because pride is a secondary emotion. It's not a prime one. It's a secondary emotion. And prime is, I mean, pride, not prime, pride is actually a coping mechanism. Pride is a coping mechanism that when we feel like our self-worth has been attacked, we wall up, we puff up, right? It's, it's, it's a way of us protecting ourselves. And so we become proud. Each of us in this room have an area in our lives that we are insecure about. We all do. We all feel inadequate in some area of our lives. And so when we place a spotlight on that area, or when that area that we are already inadequate and insecure about gets questioned, right, we build walls. And so those walls are pride. Now research shows that we don't judge people when we feel good about ourselves. We judge them when we feel bad. And so often pride shows up when we feel so badly about ourselves that we need to compensate by making ourselves superior. We have to compensate for that feeling that is yucky inside. And so what we do is we begin to compare. We compare ourselves to everybody else or we compare ourselves to someone who we know is or who we think is a little bit inferior right? And so we compare because then we can make ourselves feel a little bit better and we can conceal those things in us that are not so great. If we are not comparing, we're criticizing. We criticize others as a defense, right? A defense against recognizing our own shortcomings because if I keep the spotlight on them, I'm not looking at me. So what's the evidence of pride in our lives? I'm going to encourage you this morning if this is one of those areas that you feel like, you know what? Let me look inside. Let me see what, what are the evidence that we find in our lives. And I want to encourage you to look towards areas that you are either compensating, criticizing, or comparing. Those areas, the likelihood is that there is some insecurity there. But I want to tell you this morning that pride is a burden, a load, a weight. You see, pride is a virtue of shame. And shame brings out the perfectionist. In us. Now, we're all caught in shame. When, 
when we are caught in shame, our solution is to be more perfect, as if there were such a thing, right? So when we feel like we're inferior, when we have this shame area in our lives, we want to try harder. But trying harder or, tr or aiming for perfection doesn't lead us anywhere. Because again, we can't be perfect. And this burden, this pride burden, somebody cut? Okay. was a load that we were never meant to carry. So we all fall short of perfection, and today we want to encourage you to cut loose from pride. Why? Because ultimately pride will cost you your relationships. Pride disconnects us from one another. Pride prevents us from acknowledging our human vulnerabilities. We think that we connect to people because of accolades and accomplishments, but in reality, we connect to people in their vulnerability and in humility. We connect with people through vulnerability, through being real, right? It's not whatever, whatever all the accomplishments and all the gold stars that we have. It is actually our power to be real with one another and to share what's actually going on inside of us that makes us connect. Vulnerability and humility invites people towards us. We become approachable rather than intimidating, right? So when we, are, when we recognize that we are all part of this human condition, that we all have strengths and weaknesses, we are better able to relate to one another, which is why this morning we are talking about letting go of the burden of pride, of cutting loose of this burden, because only Jesus was perfect, and he has already given his life, his perfect life on the cross to redeem us so that we wouldn't have to try any harder. So that we would actually be able to surrender this burden and take upon his, like JD said this morning, his yoke, which is easy and light. So this morning, let me ask you, what does pride look like in our lives? So if we're looking at our lives and you go, okay, so what does pride actually look like? Look, most of us tend to think of pride in terms of grandiose behavior, right? We think about the person who's arrogant and conceited. That's normally what they think pride. Oh, that person is proud over there. They're arrogant and conceited. And yes, sometimes pride shows in that manner. Sometimes people are always overcompensating and they're always, you know, trying to having this exuberant behavior. They're showing off. Feels like they're showing off all the time. And interesting, though, people who are usually showing off and having this behavior are actually, have, they actually have low self-esteem, right? They're actually overcompensating. And so deep down, they're not confident. They're very insecure, so they have to puff themselves up all the time. They have to diminish other people's lights in order for their light to shine, right? And again, we don't judge others when we feel good about ourselves, this form of pride is blatant and a little repelling, if we're honest. But there's a more sneaky kind of pride that I want to focus on this morning. And this pride, um, I, we find it in 1 Corinthians 8.1. And it says, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. There is a pride of knowledge. There's a pride of knowledge that I want to talk about this morning. There also says in Jeremiah 29. I mean, Jeremiah 9, 23, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. See, this is not a knock on seeking knowledge. Because we ought to learn, we ought to grow, we ought to understand, we, want, we ought to become better versions of ourselves in understanding as well. But don't let your knowledge become so rigid 
that in turn you become unteachable. When all you do and everything about you is about what you know. And I want to tell you that knowledge goes as far as the awareness that you have. Right? It goes as far as because we can learn and unlearn. And we don't know everything and we never will. And that we, that's why we shouldn't boast in what we know because we don't know everything. So what happens when what you knew to be true is no longer true? How do you behave then? Are you quick to apologize? Are you quick to make amends? See, when pride, this pride of knowledge rules our lives, we have a hard time saying, I'm sorry. When pride rules, we make the Bible fit our agenda. Right? We don't mold our lives around it. We don't mold our lives around the Bible and what it says, but we find verses that back up what we want. And I have to, I've heard it said this way, if your God doesn't disagree with you once in a while, it's likely you have made yourself God. Amen. Guys, you love me, right? I love you. <laughs> so just a little confrontational. But pride has this ability to place us on the throne and not God. God and only God knows everything. We are fallible and our understanding is limited. And this is where we find that people become disappointed with God. We think that God should have done it our way. Or we th because we don't understand what's happening, or worse yet, maybe we're feeling pain, we go, how, how could he? Doesn't he understand that this is hurting me? If he's a loving God, why would he? Right? We take on these, these questions in this position like, how, why is he doing what he is doing? Can I tell you this morning that God's ways are perfect. His knowledge is infinite. Whether you understand it or not, whether you agree with it or not, his ways are still perfect and his knowledge is still infinite. And for the most part, he is working what is more important. And that is your heart. God is working on our heart. I read this post this week that I thought was so profound. God will offend our minds to reveal our hearts. Oh, friends, he will. It's always a matter of heart. A, puff up, a puffed up heart turns into a hardened heart. And then it forgets what the Lord has done for them. See, there's a scripture that tells us in Deuteronomy 8.14... That when your heart is filled up, you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Take a minute this morning and ask yourself, have I forgotten where God has rescued me from? Have I forgotten where I was, the house of bondage I lived in? The career that provided for me financially but did nothing to satisfy my soul? Maybe it was the vicious cycle of drinking and drugs that left me numb for a little while, but then when it was over, the pain was still there. Maybe it was the relationships that you were in and out of, right, seeking fulfillment. And then you found yourself when the relationship ended broken and alone. We can become so puffed up in our accomplishments and where, you've, where we've gotten, where we are now at, Right? That we forget where we were and what God has brought us out of. See, but here's the thing about pride. It won't just rob you of your perspective. It will also rob you of your miracle. And we can find this in 2 Kings 5. 
verses 10 through 14. And just to give you a little bit of background, this is Naaman. Naaman is a commander of the army of Syria. And he was a great man with his master and in high favor. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a man of valor. He was brave, but he had one issue. He had leper. And he had been told that there was a prophet in Samaria that could cure him. So Naaman sets out to find this prophet. And here's where we pick up. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and wash your flesh and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold, I told, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not these rivers are amazing. Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said, you, said to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. See, pride will keep you from obtaining the very thing you have been asking God for. Pride will keep you from receiving healing because it is not being done your way. You say no way. Right? Because it is not what you thought would happen. You say, no, that's not, it's not happening. Like, what is he thinking? Pride will keep you from seeking help and finding freedom. Pride will build up walls around your heart. And the very thing you have been asking God for, because it is not done the way you should think it should be, you will miss out on. So how do we make sure that pride does not rule our lives? How do we make sure that we're checking ourselves and that we uh, don't get caught up in pride? Well, the Bible teaches us that. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, that love is not puffed up. I want to tell you this morning that love is not a what, but a who. God is love. And because God is love, the first thing we do in order that pride wouldn't rule our hearts is to seek God. Is to become more like God. See, we have this, this comical saying, right, that couples, when they've been together long enough, they start to look like each other. But in reality, they're probably their mannerisms are more like each other, right? And we know this. We know that the more you hang out with people, the more you look like them. The tendency is that you behave kind of the same and you have the same attitudes and the same talk. A lot of people tell me that I, my sister and I are very alike. Well, we spend many years together. Right? You have the same mannerisms. And I want to tell you this morning that it's the same thing with God. The closer you get to him, the more you are in tune with him, the more you're reading his word, the more you're praying, the more you're spending time with him, the more you look like him. And the more love you will have in your heart. And the more love you have in your heart, the less puffed up you shall be. Right? So the closer you get with God, the more you're rubbing shoulders with God. Spend time in his word. Spend time in his presence, which means spend time praying, spend time reading the Bible, spend time getting to know God. And you will see that your life will be more 
guided by love than pride. The second thing that we can do to make sure that pride is not ruling over our lives is to practice obedience. See, we like to call it intuition, but there's this little still small voice inside of us that often will tell us to do things that we do not understand. And it will even at times tell us to do things that doesn't make any sense. But this is where obedience comes in. And this is where we put God on the throne and not us. Because you look at that, you feel that still small voice. And what you do is you go, okay, I don't understand exactly what it is. But it seems to not go away. And it seems to be something that I need to do. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And it might cost you something. Right? Oftentimes when that voice speaks to us inside, it is either trying to guide us, to teach us, or to bless someone. That's what the Holy Spirit does inside. And so the Holy Spirit will talk to you and will ask you to do something, and your job is to obey. And the more you obey and the more you surrender your life, your thoughts, your desires, your wants to that voice, to the God in you, the more you will learn that you are not God, He is. Right? And every time you do that, that practice of obedience will develop in you a sense of God is on the throne. It is about him, and I will do what he's telling me to do. You practice obedience. By obeying, we say, God, your will, not my own. The third thing I want to tell you to do this morning is to remember. Remember what the Lord has brought you out of. Remember to look back at what, where you were and where you are now. Remember not to judge, not to feel bad, not with condemnation, but remember with gratitude. Remember with gratitude that once you were lost and now you're not. Remember with gratitude that it could have been so much worse had God not shown up. Remember that when you lost your job, you know, somehow you still had food. Remember that your body was sick, but you're still alive. And so you made it through. Remember what he has done for you. And the act of remembering with gratitude, with a thankful heart, will again place you in the right position to understand that God is in control, that he's good, that he's faithful, and that he is for you. And those things are important because then you don't have to build defenses. Again, you don't have to cope when you know that there is a God who is for you. You don't have to build walls. You don't have to compare. You don't have to compensate. You don't have to criticize when you know that whatever it is that you're facing right now, God has seen you through once. He will see you through again. Right? Remember what he has done. And the fourth thing I want to tell you this morning is... Find a friend who will actually be honest with you, that can look at you, that you can ask the question, hey, have I been behaving proud lately? Ask a friend. Because sometimes people are able to see the things that we're not able to see. Now, do you go to anybody and ask that? No, not if you want to have a very miserable day. (laughs) What you do is you go to someone who's close to you. Somebody who loves you, somebody who is for you, and ask the honest question, hey, do I have pride in my life? Do you see any area in me where I'm acting insecure, where I'm acting like I'm compensating and I'm criticizing people for, right? Ask a close friend that is able to speak into your life. 
J.D. said last week, from time to time, that we will feel the need to cut loose from certain things in our lives. That the Lord may call us into a season of purification. This, this entire series has been about purification. And sometimes we don't understand why God is asking us to do things. We don't understand fully. We don't fully comprehend why he's trying to take. It feels like he's trying to take, right? But he also, J.D. also said this sentence last week that really marked me. He said, freedom serves us best when it serves our calling, not our cravings. Think about that for a minute. Sometimes this process of purification feels like an extraction because it is, right? It's an extraction of a substance. That's what purification means. He's extracting something. But we get caught up on the extraction and we forget that God is also adding. God is a God of addition. He is removing in order to make things better. He is removing from you the things that do not belong in you in order to make the best version of you. There is a version of you that he designed. There is a version of you that he wants to take to the next level because you have a calling and you have a purpose. There is a version of you that sometimes gets clouded by everything else happening around and there's things inside and there's things around and there's outside and there's all this noise and all this confusion and all of this distraction. And there are seasons in our lives that God will call us to cut loose of the distraction, cut loose of the things in our heart that really don't belong there. In order that we would walk into his goodness and his love and his purpose and his calling and the great things he has for us. And so as we sit here and we're telling you, you know, talking about a subject that's so heavy, pride. Ah, it sounds like the little monster, right? But let me encourage you this morning to go home and actually do a search in your heart. To go, God, I don't want my thoughts and my ideas and my um, way of viewing the world to limit what you have for me. To limit where you want to take me. To limit the generations that are coming after you. Let me tell you that God will begin a work in you, not just for you, but for your children and your children's children. And it does rest on your ability to place him on the throne and take yourself out of there. It rests on the ability that you are like, it is not all about me. It is not how I only want it. But it is about you, God. And you see the beginning from end. If we can place ourselves in the position of understanding who God is and what he knows and what he wants to do. If we can place ourselves in that position of, okay, I trust you. I know you're a big God. And I know you have good things for me. Then God will begin to extract things from our life so that we could live and fulfill that thing that he has placed inside us. Yeah, Amen. I'm going to encourage you this morning, cut loose so that you may be filled with other things. Where often you feel anxious, you feel depressed, you lack in joy. But let me tell you, all those things that you lack are found in the Holy Spirit. You need peace, you need rest. You need joy. You need patience. Those are all found in God. And sometimes our hearts are so crowded, so crowded that God has no space to move. Right? It's crowded with stuff that doesn't belong. It doesn't build. So this morning as we bring to a close, I want to encourage you to actually go home and do a little bit of the homework. Do the work of going, where am I? Am I on the throne or are you God? Have I placed myself on the throne? Have I made your word 
fit into what I want? Or have I allowed your word to purify my heart? Have I allowed your word to extract from me what doesn't even belong there? God will never force you to do anything. That's not the kind of God he is. But he does have better things in store for you. And if you've been sitting at this place going, I don't really know what's going on right now. Nothing seems to be happening. I can't seem to move past this. If that's where you are this morning, let me encourage you. That's not where God wants you to be. He is calling you into a season of purification, of extraction so that more in his goodness and his greatness can come in. Did you receive it this morning? Amen. Did you stand with me?